uh, there were a group of us, and uh, we had a we had a pastor from the area come, and we rented an apartment to hold Bible study in every week. And so the kids loved it that started coming to the Bible study. Their parents didn't believe a word they said because they said, we're going down to the university apartments for Bible study. And, they, and the parents called to check to make sure that it was really a Bible study they were going to. <laughs> so uh, it's come a long way before I left. South Florida, we had the the uh, Lutheran Church, the Methodist Church, and the Presbyterian Church had all formed together, and a building was built on campus so that we didn't have to go to the apartment any longer. But that was uh, that was a sweet thing. let's Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that your word is true. I pray that you would open our hearts and open our ears. And I pray, Lord, that uh, you would give me your words in Jesus' name. Amen. Sure anchors in the storm uh, is, one, is what I picked for this morning. Because as we have gone through these last few weeks, uh, and as we've gone through these last few years, but especially the last three, last few weeks, Andrew has just finished te- te- preaching on First Peter and challenged us uh, to be um, who we are, to remember who we are and whose we are. Last week, we had the privilege to hear a dear friend of ours from the covenant, Alan Forsman, who when we were meeting in the library uh, before we we found this building, um, Alan Alan was a part of the people who came and and loved us well and taught us uh, what it was to be in the Covenant Church, the Evangelical Covenant Church. Uh, and Alan last week, uh, I loved when he said, and I don't know if you noticed, but he didn't step up this up the step. Because, uh, as he said, he's had two, two knee replacements and a hip replacement. And yet he serves in many different ways. And he, he told us that even in the different stages of our lives, we serve in different ways. And so I just wanted to take, as I, as I thought about that, I thought about sure anchors in the storm. And Andrew had just finished preaching not long ago on, on um, the book of Acts. And toward the end of Acts, when Paul is traveling, um, he's traveling, they're, they're, they've been persecuted, and he's going out to the different islands, and he knows his work is not over. And they get in a horrible storm. So if you want to read that, the Acts 27, I certainly don't have time to read that whole chapter to you today. But in, in Acts 27, verse 29, it says, Then, fearing lest we should run aground on the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the, st- from the stern and prayed for day to come. Four anchors. We're going to think for a few minutes about the four anchors. Anchor one is trust. 
Paul. I love what Lloyd John Ogilvy said about Paul in this particular thing. He said, in prayer, Paul lowered the true anchor of life. He, he knew who the anchor was in the storm, and it was Jesus. That word trust means uh, to have confidence, to have faith, to have refuge. Psalm 37 verse 5 says, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he will do it. I think about the times here that we have had to trust in the Lord. We had to trust in the Lord when we didn't have a place to worship in. And some of you remember how it was to set up every week down in the library. We had to be there at a certain time. We had to be out by a certain time. Um, and then uh, because of our relationship and some of the other things I will touch on, uh, the city uh, spoke to Joan uh, Matt, Matt, at the, the city manager, called Joan, and he said, um, I know that you folks are looking for a place, and I know that you've been praying for a place. We just had a prayer vigil. And he said, do you know that the old Methodist church, which has closed, uh, is for sale? And they have asked the city if they're interested uh, part of the idea was, you know how bad parking is downtown? Is they were going to take the old building down and make a parking lot. We came and looked at this place, and I think a few uh, last month when, when, uh, when uh, Rob was here from Covenant Properties, when we came and looked at this place, it was filthy. And it was ugly. And, and I thought about this morning, I thought, I wish I had that picture, one of the pictures that Cheryl could pop on the screen right now. Because back here, it was dark, dark brown. And the, there were curtains, long curtains. We didn't even know there were windows and, and shades because there were these long curtains. And it was dreary. I mean, it was dreary, and there were the and chairs and the the most uncomfortable chairs you've ever sat in. But to us, it was beautiful. And the 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 last day we before we we moved in here, um, uh, and 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 even then, trust in the Lord because we didn't have the money. That was another thing. But I think that we have shared with a number of you a number of times that Eleanor Deal had left something in her will. And just as we were looking at the, whether we could take a loan out or not, we found out from Covenant Trust that it would take us $250,000 to... Um, to take out, you know, to take out a loan for the size of this building and these grounds. Um, and right before we were to meet with them, Eleanor Deal had passed away. And we went to the reading of her will. And in the will, which she knew nothing about this building yet, um, she had left the church two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. 
it was totally incredible. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he will do it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. And do not lean on your own understanding. Acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. The key is to trust in who uh, it is. Paul's trust was not in the ship. Paul's trust was in the resurrected Lord. The second anchor is hope. Hope, which means confident expectation. We had a confident expectation that God was going to build his church here. And in 1 Peter 1.3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's what hope is. So many people think of hope, and, and you've heard it said so many times, oh, I hope it's, I hope it's not going to rain today. I'm hoping it is going to rain today. But, <laughs> but, but hope, biblical hope, is confident expectation. We believe uh, hope is rooted not in wishful thinking, but in the gracious revelation by God of his eternal purposes. And the third anchor, it goes right into that because the third anchor is purpose. But Paul's hope was based on the Lord of history uh, and his faithful voice and his faithfulness rang out over all uh, that he did as he served God. We remember that Paul had been a persecutor but once he met Jesus and once he was set free, he was all in for, uh, for his Lord and Savior, hope, which leads us into purpose. And purpose is that which one sets before him as an object to be attained. I think of so many different things in Romans 8:28 it says and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God to those who are called according to his purposes you know one of the things that just comes to my mind immediately is um <laughs> we, I used to have a crew, losing, losing my scarf here, I used to have a crew, uh, we used to do faith lifts. And, um, and my purpose this morning is to bring a, a, short, a short version of this teaching because we did this faith lift one time for a Friday and an all-day Saturday. So it'll be miraculous if I can finish the last, <laughs> the last, 
uh, Patty's enjoying it. Uh, you know, people, people, sometimes people at the other church used to say, um, if the pastor preaches, we might go over five minutes. If one of the elder preaches, uh, we'll be done in, in, in 10 minutes. If Shirley preaches, get out your calendar. <laughs> but purpose. Uh, Carol Keener and Debbie Debbie uh, Hancock, she was in Miller. Some of you know David and, and, and Debbie Miller. Um, we used to do what we called a faith lift. Uh, we would go to a church. Many times people can't go to a retreat. So we would go to a church and we would do, um, we would do a, a, a nine to three. And we would start with worship and we would have a teaching um, we would have music. Debbie and Carol were, had beautiful voices. And Carol was fun, and she could, she could tell funny stories. Uh, and we'd have a teaching, and then we'd do another worship, and then we would have lunch. And then after lunch, sometimes uh, we would have two teachings in the morning. Then after lunch, we would do um, a teaching, and then we would close with music. Uh, and and we would um, sometimes, you know, do um, and we would call people for prayer. And many times people would come forward for prayer and, you know, while everybody else left. Uh, and we did this for a number of years. But one time we were invited to come to uh, Branson, Missouri, to do a women's retreat at um, at uh, their church was not big enough, they thought, for a weekend retreat. So they went to a hotel in Branson. Now, uh, we were excited to be able to go to Branson because there's a lot of music and it's fun. Um, and so uh, before we would do either a faith lift or a retreat, we would go. We, we used to meet at Bob Evans down on Ulmerton, and it's, the, it's no longer there. Just like, you know, things, things change and things grow. But we'd go to Bob Evans and we would sit and we would pick out. Uh, we would pray and ask God, you know, what, what do we need to do for this conference? Well, and we were going and, and the purpose uh, was they wanted teachings on prayer. And so I had a... a uh, I had a sheet I used to use when we would teach on prayer and they would look at, um, I would have them at the part of the weekend was to take time apart and I would give them this sheet and it was Psalm 118 and they would go through that and there were certain things to answer. And then at the end of it, it would say, write a psalm of praise to God. Some people would do it. Some people did not. But. Carol said, you know, Shirley, one of the things I think we should do, she said, you have some beautiful CDs. We used to travel together. And she said, I know you have a beautiful CD that has harp music. And so she said, um, why don't you bring that CD? And she said, when they finish with their thing on prayer, why don't you go into one of the back rooms and I'll put on that harp music while they're finishing up their thing. And then if they want prayer, 
uh, for inner healing or for where they are for the for a storm in their life, uh, then they can come back and you can pray with them. So she just thought that would just be wonderful. Well, we arrived late at night uh, out there and um, and it was dark when we we had to, you know, we had to take a, a, a bus uh, that somebody had sent kind of into town, into Branson from the airport. Um, and we stayed, the lady who was hosting us had a death in the family. And so we, we stayed in her house, but we got to the house and there was this big long note about the keys to the car and it was a fancy sports car. And, it, and, and we hadn't seen the beauty, it was spring. The next morning we got up and she said, if you go downtown, you don't wanna miss having breakfast at this one little place. And you may see some of the ladies there that are gonna be at the retreat. So we got up the next morning, looked out the windows and it was spring in Branson. I don't know if any of you have been to Branson, but it's beautiful. Well, we got in that fancy little car and drove downtown and we had breakfast and it was incredible. And we were sitting there and I said, oh my goodness, Sandra brought Ryan by and he was just a little thing right before I was leaving for the airport. And I left the, the CD, the harp CD sitting on my kitchen counter. And Carol said, Shirley, now how could you, how could you do that? This, you know, we prayed about this and it would be, you know, it was, it, it will, it will just be incredible. And I said, well, surely in Branson, there's a Christian bookstore and I can run in and, and that's a very popular, it was a very popular uh, CD at that time. And so, so I said to her, I said, you know, let's go and get our stuff go and check in at the hotel and then I'll get directions on how to run. Surely it's not going to be far to find a Christian bookstore in Branson. Well, we did all that and we had just finished moving. Carol was setting up her music stuff and, and, um, and we were getting ready to set up. And I said to the gal, um, I need directions for a Christian bookstore. Give me the nearest Christian bookstore. I need to pick up a CD. And she's, so she's given me directions. And all of a sudden, someone opens the door. And it goes clunk, clunk. And they said, oh, somebody help Nancy. And um, um, one of the other gals ran and opened the door. And here comes Nancy Didrid, I think her last name is, with her harp. Now... She had this huge harp. I don't know if any of you remember the Crystal Cathedral in California that used to be on TV every day. She played the harp at the Crystal Cathedral. She'd played the harp for, for, for uh, Dolly Parton. She'd played a number of people that she played the harp for. And now she had moved to Branson and she was playing for some of the different artists in Branson. Well, I thought Carol was going to lay down on the floor. And <laughs> because during all of our music times, uh, Carol would sit and play the harp along 
with the little tapes that Debbie and Carol would sing to. It was absolutely beautiful. And everybody at that, at that, um, that retreat wrote a psalm, and that's the first time they've ever, ever done that. So Carol's plan then on Sunday morning for our worship service, that she would have her play the harp, as David did, and they would get up and read their psalm. It was probably one of the retreats I will never, ever forget, because God had a purpose, and his purposes, as we know, that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called by his, according to his purpose. The fourth anchor is fellowship, koinonia, communion, sharing in common. It, and, and in Psalm 55, it says, but is, it is you, a man, my equal, my companion, and my familiar friend, we who had sweet fellowship together, walked in the house of God in the throng. Many people use the, the uh, benediction uh, from uh, 2 Corinthians 13, 14, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Have you noticed that we used to, when we did fellowship after church, we used to do donut holes and bagels. And do you know what it has evolved to? <laughs> you know, Brad says to me, he said, Shirley, you know, if I come over, can I come to church? And then maybe we could go out to lunch and I could share with you. And I said, Brad, we don't need to go out to lunch because I said, we have fellowship afterwards. And I said, uh, and people are there. I said, you know, sometimes by the time I get home, it's 1230 or 1 and church is over at 11. Fellowship. Alan really spoke about that last week. And Andrew usually says during his announcements, you know, he said, one of the things we do best is eat together. And so don't, after the service, please join us in the fellowship hall fellowship, that sweet, sweet fellowship. In Anne Ortland, who is someone I've read her several of her books, she has one called Up With Worship that I absolutely love. And she describes the people of the church as being either marbles or grapes. She said they can either bounce off of each other uh, or when persecution and hard times come, they can squeeze together, creating the sweet wine of fellowship. My prayer is always that we will be those that don't bounce off one another, but that, that, that squeeze together. Paul had a great gift of faith. And that's what the other people on the boat needed. They had many gifts that he needed. And in the last, few, in the last month, we have heard a whole lot about our different gifts. 
And I loved it last week when Alan said, you know, we need people say, oh, you know, the only thing I can do is pray. That's the most powerful thing we need. And so we need you. Maybe you can't do some of the things you used to do. But we, re- we need you to be praying. We need, uh, we need so many different things. I loved it when he said, maybe you can't do anything, but you can write a note. I'll never forget one of the, the notes after I met with Brad. He wrote me the sweetest note. Fellowship. We have sure anchors in the storm. We can trust. We have that anchor of hope, purpose, and fellowship. We are not only in the city, we are for the city. Let's be those anchors for our city well. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that you have not only given us your word, but you have given us your Holy Spirit to equip us, to, uh, to teach us, to encourage us, to show us how to take your word and put it into action. So I pray, Father, that in those, uh, in those times of hard, hard, hard things, and right now, every, <laughs> every time you turn on the TV, we see the hard stuff that is going on. And now it's quote-unquote hurricane season. So everybody's wanting to sell us new roofs. (laughs) But Father, our trust is in you in the midst of it. Keep us wise. But Father, keep us grounded and rooted in your word. And we'll give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen.